This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Mike Benner. Two men weave today. We are Jamalis. He is out in Washington, D.C. doing comedy and living with his family for a couple days. Good for him. Yeah. Get that home-cooked meal. We miss you, Jamal. Uh, Merry basketball, Mike. Thank you. Merry basketball to you. How was your basketball Christmas? Uh, you know, it was lovely. It was, it was pretty nice. I was yeah. there for most of it, so yeah, I can, I can concur. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the pod, guys. Um, as always, check us out at Airbuds Pod on Instagram and the Twitter. Also, shout out to Wolfpack for our theme song, because I don't think we say that enough. They're great. They don't need our help, but uh, go listen to Wolfpack. Yeah. Also, check out our Patreon. Guys, we've got a Patreon new. now. We've got a brand new Patreon. Check it out. we got some people on there. we got some people donating money. Join the party. Yeah. Hey, you know, we, we put out a lot of uh, free, dumb shit for you guys to listen to. It is free, and it is dumb. And, you know, if... Yeah, I bet there's some stuff out there that if the wrong people heard it, we'd get in trouble. Yeah. We're taking a risk for you. Yeah. So, you know, if you feel like... I would say jail's too strong, but probably being, like, ostracized from different communities is definitely on the table. Yeah, probably. You could be ostracized. We're problematic at times. We are slightly problematic. But... Uh, Always free. You love it. You love it. You, you guys love fucking it. love it. You and you know what? If you love it. us, you got to support us. Yo, hop on that Patreon. Yeah, give us a dollar. Why not? We're just trying to offset the cost of uh, putting this thing out. We got some equipment. We've got a SoundCloud Pro account. We got some stuff to pay for. So, you know, if you love us, uh, chip in the, a dollar or two. Why not? Mike, let's talk basketball. Okay. Let's talk about it. This is a podcast about basketball. It is a podcast about all. basketball. Yeah. Um, biggest game on Christmas was definitely um, Bron Bron versus the Golden State Warriors, and then no Bron Bron, um, but his team still won. Yeah, um, Rajon Rondo came through and big, big clutch. Christmas Rondo, Christmas Rondo, and Christmas that was his. Uh, he's literally a Christmas elf because now he's gone for an extended period of time. Yep, he's going to take a vacation after Christmas because he's got to. Uh, Worked a ligament on his ring finger after Seriously. getting into a scuffle with uh, Draymond. He's gotten really good at masturbating with his offhand because this is his second surgery on his shooting hand this season. How do you know he's gotten good at it? Just, he might be bad at it, and that's why he's angry all the time. Maybe. Yeah. But I feel like if you put that much time into something, you're going to get better. 10,000 hours kind of thing? Yeah. He's probably spent 10,000 hours injured. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Rajan Rondo, if uh, if you're good at jacking off with your offhand, hit us up at AirBudsPod on Twitter. We want to hear all about your process. Let us know how yeah. you jack off. Yeah, but now Rondo's out, uh, and the Lakers are uh, a ship without a captain. Ship without a captain and a first mate. Yeah. 
There's I'll no LeBron, no Rondo. Whose team is it now, Peter? Uh, is it Zubox or Ingrams? That's what I want to know. I was going to say it's Kuzma's team, right? Kyle Kuzma? Kuzma goes off for 30 on the reg. That's true. He really does. He doesn't get... And also Lonzo's been playing really well the last month. That's true. I mean, before LeBron got hurt and after LeBron got hurt, they just looked – I mean, I know the – we'll talk about the Warriors later, but they just looked athletic. They were all over the place on defense. I have to say, um, now that if, as I'm a full-blown Lakers fan, it was horrifying to see LeBron go down in that way because you just – it makes me think of Kobe at the end of Kobe's career where it's like one thing leads to another. So, I mean, they said he's going to be – it went from he's fine to now he's missing several games. I think it was he – I think it's not – because he even tweeted out, I dodged a bullet, everything's fine. LeBron wouldn't say that. And then I think he backpedaled and was like, you remember back in 2014 when I took a, a two-week vacation to Miami? Maybe now is a good time to do that. And I think he's probably – he walked it back and was like, you know what, Magic? Actually, maybe I should take some more time off, uh, go see a specialist in Miami. Or the DR or wherever. Well, he lives in L.A. now, so now he can just chill in L.A. That, the whole point of, like, leaving Cleveland was to get the fuck out of Cleveland. Yeah, but, I mean, you still want a vacation. Sure. Even if, if I had, you Santa know, half a, million, half a billion dollars and I lived in L.A. or some beautiful place, I'd still want to go to some other beautiful place and live like a king for two weeks. He lives like a king every day, bro. He is the king. I think but, that, uh, well, I know at least for me, it definitely put things into perspective, seeing that he is mortal and that, like, none of us should be, none of us should be, you know, uh, taking it for granted. None of us should be, sorry about that. None of us should take him for granted. He is a beautiful, beautiful man who is still probably the best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. At least for – I know this game, you know, we, we'll talk about the Warriors in a second. We'll talk about the Warriors in a second, Mike. Relax. But Bron I want to still... talk about the Warriors now, Peter. Okay. All right. But he's still uh, – like, this was a game I was like, wow, they could they could beat them in the playoffs. They could really – it's possible the, mm-hmm. with the Warriors. Let's talk about the Warriors right now. Okay. We'll move in on to the Warriors. So, the, you know, the Lakers beat the Warriors pretty handily in that game without LeBron. Uh, it was basically – it was a single – possession game after LeBron went out and then Rondo and Lance Stevenson led the charge to like a 20 point yeah. blowout. Then the the Warriors followed that up with a loss to, to the Portland Trailblazers. Oh yeah. Uh, the Portland Lillard. Damian Lillard beat them last night with a last second shot. Uh, put it up 110 to 109 and then the Warriors couldn't um, come back. Uh, Clay and Draymond are both very bad right now. I think Draymond's shooting something like 29% from three. He is in full backpack mode in terms of his three-point shot. Um, he looks, looks like, like, he looks like Harrison he's... Barnes in the finals against the Cavs. Like they're like LeBron is just like don't guard him, and he was just having a meltdown. Mm-hmm. He's having a full-blown panic attack. And <laughs> I mean, you saw that uh, that wide-open shot he took. That was an air ball, right? Oh, it's brutal. And they like they let him. They're like they're basically like go ahead, go on, shoot. Who was it? I can't remember what Laker it was. But, yeah, they were just like, go ahead, shoot it, buddy. We're 15 feet away. Take that three-pointer. Might and have been Draymond lined it up, took his time, and airballed it. <laughs> like, that is the most embarrassing thing ever. He didn't even clank it. He didn't even, like. He did, like, uh, shoot it like a free throw a little bit, too. Kind of bent his knees, eyed it up. 
yeah. tested the wind. He took his time on it. It wasn't like a quick catch and release. It was like a okay, really gonna. Um, yeah, he's not good right now. Clay's in a weird shooting slump, and he's snapping at reporters in a way that he never has. And uh, they're in this weird spot. Still, Steph and Kevin Durant are two of the best players in the world, and that means that they're still number two in the West. They've lost a lot of Tied games. Tied in the win column with the Nuggets, but they have lost by law in the loss column. They've lost a lot of games. Well, like, they lost 14 now or 13? Let's see here. They have lost 13 games. Uh, they're 23 and 13. Uh, that's a pretty bad uh, record for them at this point in the year. I don't think they've ever lost like 10 games before New Year's, like in the last five seasons. Right? They've been very good, and this is a this is good enough. I mean, because the the West is like kind of so like cluttered right now. Like this is a good record, but it's like. Is it that not okay, good compared to the last five seasons? But I that have. is the weird thing about this is that the West is also cluttered too. So the Warriors are, you know, only three games ahead in the loss column of the eight seed. Yeah. So that that kind of compounds the fact that they're just amongst this huge crowd, which also makes it weird. And they should be. I don't know. They should be better. It's just it's strange, and their their chemistry is weird. <laughs> Durant is – that was it was also like – Durant just like – I just don't feel like he talks with any like um, purpose in terms of like how he – what he says shit in the media. I feel like everything LeBron said – like LeBron's the opposite. Everything LeBron said is like run by Rich Paul, totally calculated, totally planned out, on brand at all times. And I feel like sometimes Durant is just like throwing haymakers that he doesn't necessarily believe. Give me an example. Like – LeBron James is toxic. Like dog. he didn't say LeBron James is toxic. He said the the he said the situation is toxic. Sure, and, but in context of talking about how like the media is talks and covers LeBron, like we'll get to that in a minute. But like, I don't think Kevin Durant was saying LeBron James is a toxic person. They're good friends. Like that's sure. well documented. They hang out outside in Ubers. of the game. Yeah, they, they do, hang out they, in Ubers like, all the time. Pro- they work on projects together. They're, like, basically writing partners. They're going to get staffed on I Love You America as a team. Oh, man, that would be uh, that'd be dope. I really think they could bring a lot of perspective to Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I agree with you, though. LeBron is, is incredibly weirdly calculating, and Kevin Durant just says whatever's on his mind at the moment. And I don't mind either of them, actually. Right now, Christmas time... It seems like it seems like uh, Durant or LeBron going to LA um, is a good move for him in the playoffs. Like the West is wide open as hell, and LeBron, if he's healthy, is like who? Like who is the team that's going to blow him out of the water in the West? The Warriors. The Warriors. Denver, maybe. But like when you see LeBron, like who, like who's going mano a mano against LeBron in, in on Denver? Jokic. Uh, Jokic. I mean, you gotta. If I'm in, if I'm a playoff team and I'm playing the Lakers, my strategy is let LeBron do what he does and fuck up all the young kids who have no playoff experience. So, I'm like, yeah, let LeBron try to win every game on his own. We're going to make Kuzma get in his head. We're going to make Lonzo Ball freak out as we know that he 
you know, has he kind of melted down a couple times in his freshman year. Like, I, yeah, if I'm in the playoffs against the Lakers, I say, LeBron, go ahead, dunk on us every time. We're going to fuck up all your little brothers. It's more like his nephews, I feel his like. His nephews, yeah. There's some, some relation that is like, yeah, your second cousins. Your little, yeah, your, your little cousins. But, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think that that's what happened, though, in the playoffs last year in the East. It's like the Cavs team was exhausted trash last year, and he dragged them to the finals. Yeah, but, I mean, they look good against the Raptors, and I think it was the veteran presence on the team that helped them get over the Celtics. Like, We'll see. They're They're in the pack, too. That's the thing. The Warriors are in the pack. Everyone's in the pack in the West. The West... Still, no one has really separated. I guess Denver is separated, but like, not really. I mean, they, they kind of throw stinkers up all the time. They um, lost two in a row currently. Uh, by the way, we're recording this a little early because of uh, vacation schedule schedules. So yeah, this is this all might change by 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 the time this hits Monday. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a Friday pod. There might be so much crazy news that hits, and if there is, you know what? I'll add an addendum before I before I throw it up on Monday. Cool. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Um. Solo, solo shot by me. A little rundown of the news. I mean, no one is. I guess you could say. I feel. Could you write off the Pelicans? Can you write off the the Wolves? Can you write off the Jazz? I don't feel like any of those teams can really. Like, which of those three teams would you, at this point, heading into twenty nineteen, feel comfortable saying are not going to make the playoffs? Uh, I don't think the Wolves will. Um, I think the Pelicans have a chance because uh, I just won't root against Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday when they're playing really well together. Um, Utah, I've never, like, you know, everyone loved Utah last year. I was like, I think they're overperforming. You were right. Yeah, and, you know, I think we're kind of seeing that now. They're 17-19, and 19, but I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to have a great second half myself. Like, I, if Joe Ingles is, like, has to take over games for you, like, you know, and I love Joe Ingles, but, like, I'd want him in my Aaron McKee spot. I don't want him, like, I want him six-man coming off the bench. I don't want him having to be my third Alan star. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they need to, uh, they need to be in, they need to figure their shit out. I mean, it is weird also for them. You would say they would need someone like a Gordon Hayward type, but... Hayward, Gordon Hayward is making Boston trash. a worse team. He's making Boston worse again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, he looked. He's like the, you know when you get when you had a LeBron isn't toxic. Gordon Hayward's toxic. He's a gamergate alt right maggot bro. <laughs> that can't go over well. Oh. Like, and you know, can you just imagine like, something that he says by Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart has to like do everything he can not to just like pummel his face. Yeah, and. There's one thing about, like, I don't think the Celtics are, like, a very likable team necessarily, but one thing Nor I... Nor are they fun to watch. And also, yeah. like, Kyrie is finally kind of reestablished himself as the alpha, but they're yeah. still a miserable team to watch. Yeah, they're not fun to watch, not a very likable, but the thing I do like about them is that it's filled with, like, young, intelligent black men. <laughs> like, they're all just, like, they all just seem like very thoughtful, like, brilliant, engaged dudes... And uh, I can't imagine they enjoy talking to Gordon Hayward, right? No, man. I don't fucking enjoy watching Gordon Hayward. I mean, I don't know how you can be – look, if you play football or baseball, I get it. You're like a 
you're a fucking idiot. You know, you're you a play football <laughs> or baseball. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. Put, our, put the airbud stamp on that. <laughs> but you know, if you're balling out, like you're with so many, like more like international people, so many like African Americans, like, and you're in like a, such a smaller environment than baseball or football. Each baseball team has like fucking thirty dudes. Each football team has fifty dudes. I don't know how you rock the MAGA life in Boston in that locker room. That just blows my mind. And it's not talked about enough. Yeah. Except on this podcast. Hey, Gordon Hayward's wife donated a bunch of money to Trump. That's a confirmed fact. Go check it out. Uh, Gordon Hayward uh, said he voted for Trump. Uh, Yeah, nobody talks about it. It's weird. It's weird to have – like we – what's his name? Spencer Halls was essentially – Run out of the league after his like weird MAGA shit, right? Yeah, and like he... Mike Mascala basically had to super duper apologize for even having a dad. Yeah, well, you know, also Spencer House was also a bad basketball player getting up there, so maybe that had something to do with it too. But also yeah. like shitty long hair too. Didn't didn't rock the long hair well. No. Uh, anyways, uh, are the Warriors actually in trouble? That was what the topic began as. Sure. Uh, what do you think? Do you think no, they're in trouble? They're not in trouble. They're fine. Would you put money on them winning the championship right now? If you could take Warriors or the field, if you and I bet right now. Do we have odds? Mm, I mean, what, what, would the the biggest, odds, what would the sure. odds need to be? If you give me 10 to 1, I take the field. 10 to 1? Yeah. That seems a little high right now, don't you? No, I think the Warriors, they're about to get Boogie Cousins, bro. Like, they have... That's true. They have so many, like, we're talking about them being, like, the Warriors in trouble. They suck. Draymond and Clay are bad. Like, what is happening with the Warriors? They have more wins than the number one seed. They're just back because of percentage. Like, they're fine. Like, they they have 23 wins, and then, like, the Nuggets have 21 as of December, I don't know. I as of just... December tenth, they are minus one fifty five to win the championship. The Lakers are. Where are the Lakers? The Lakers are plus sixteen hundred to win the championship right now. I would not take the Lakers. I would take. I mean, the Warriors are going to win it. Also, this is their. This is going to be their fifth year in a row going to the finals. Right? Am I okay. correct? If you have to bet on another team. What is the other team you would bet on? If I have to bet? If you can't bet on the Warriors and you're we're going to Vegas tonight. Where we stand? Uh we're staying at the SLS. They've got good buffets there, right? Yeah. They got that really nice I was there uh last year for March Madness. They have a great lobster buffet. So how much lobster buffet. you want to eat? I could put down like five pounds of lobster. Shit. All right, we're doing this? I mean, yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Uh Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. All right, they're plus 750 right now. I feel like if you you feel very confident that they're coming out of the East. Uh, I mean, I think they have more of a shot than anyone else. I think they're a very good team. They've got very good pieces. I think they've got incredible depth. Uh, you know, I understand that they seem to be cursed, but, you know, maybe Nick Nurse is the thing that will break it. You know, not that coaches matter, but, you know, maybe he's, curses matter. No, um, he's, he's done a good job. They've been all over the place. There was a big Zach Lopod yesterday that dropped all about Toronto. So go listen to that if you really want to get in depth. But he's they, done really well dealing fun. with injuries and shit yeah. too. Like he like 
Kawhi's been in and out of the lineup. Kyle Lowry's been in and out of the lineup, and the and the Raptors are still twenty six and ten. Siakam looks great. Uh, Ananobi's like Ananobi's solid. You yeah. know, second year slump a little bit, but still like got him to move to the bench with no problem. Yeah, Danny uh, Green was. I mean, I know Kawhi Leonard is technically the steal of that trade, but weird. The Spurs always undervalued him. I feel like. Well, I think the Spurs had, they won a championship, and then he went into. A three-year slump of being a bad player. Danny Green was like not good for the past few years. Uh, he's good now. I mean, he's he's good, but he just wasn't the the guy we all thought he was going to become, you know. Um, and then Serge Ibaka, like just having like an incredible resurgence somehow. No uh, pun resurgence. I did not mean that. that no, I'll take credit it. for it. I meant it. I meant it all. Um, but, it's crazy how Serge people have been like, please play five. Please pay five. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a four. I'm a four. I'm a four. And then he finally moves to the five, and he's unfucking stoppable. Right. And he's like, he can sh- he can shoot. He can shoot the mid-range. He can shoot from three. And it's like, it's like, it makes you think did you of- finally learn what the NBA is now? Did you finally learn that, like, if you were a center, you'd be a much better player because you're going to space the floor? I don't know. Like, what career he could have had if he wised up to this, like, three years ago. He's also just very charming and funny and incredibly handsome. Great guy. I love him. Do you ever watch that show he has where he the cooks, cooking show? cooks for his teammates? I'm excited. I feel like he's got major potential as a uh, post-career personality. Yeah. Who do you think has the, the most potential? In the league right now? Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a big question. Um, I don't know. I mean... I mean, well, I, this is. I'm sorry, this is a cop out, but LeBron is like Magic Johnson plus Kobe plus Michael, and will. I mean, but you're talking about more from like a Jalen Rose kind of standpoint of like, like someone we'll see on like ESPN, someone that might be calling games or might be, uh, yeah, an, an analyst like Jalen or Channing Fry, great on the pod, on the the head with RJ. He's a lot of fun. He was a, a lot of fun. Also, like, I hope Dirk does stuff. I feel like Dirk is funny as hell. Yeah, but he, I think by accident a lot. He, I feel like he's smart enough. Like he's, he's snarky. He's yeah. snarky. I feel like him and Steve Nash had a very similar sensibility. That is one of the bigger what-ifs I feel like that I think about sometimes. What if, if Dirk and Steve Nash became a comedy duo? Yeah. Yeah. What if they got staffed on I Love You, America? Oh, my God. I'd watch the show, maybe. <laughs> A Canadian, a German, writing about America? That I gotta see. Greenlit. Uh, the right answer is Vince Carter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's he's gonna be the best, like, I think analyst I'm... around. He's already he's been charming and funny and well spoken and like witty since he was a rookie. Like, I think a Vince Carter Atlanta Hawks jersey might be my number one jersey right now. Get it. Get that throwback that we were talking about last week. That throwback is the shit. It's really good. We gotta find that shit. We gotta post that on the Airbuds Instagram. All right, let's move on. All right. To someone we mentioned before. And someone that I know you want to talk about in a larger context. Well, Peter, let me just say Ben Simmons has a jump shot now, oh and he's gosh. become the best player Jesus in the Christ. league. Makes Philadelphia seventy six years old. Makes rookie. two fucking jumpers. <clears throat> Reigning rookie of the year. Uh, <laughs> on Christmas Day, he gave a gift to us all. He hit a 22-footer. All right, I understand now in hindsight why you guys thought I was really annoying about the Cavs. The longest <laughs> shot of his career, Peter, a 22-footer. How did he follow that up? How did he follow up? Like, Last night against the Jazz, he did a turnaround 15-footer. Ben Simmons has a jump shot now, 
All you bitches better run and hide because <laughs> the Sixers are going to the finals. Listen, man, if he makes 20 more jump shots, you might not be wrong. That's like if his if his jumper actually shows up right now, they're fifth, they're plus 1500 to win the championship. And if like, I mean, they're a little thin. Oh, they're very thin. There's they, but, they've got no one on the bench, basically. I'll, dude, I'd fucking take them. I'd take them against Boston for sure. I mean, ooh, yeah. I mean, listen. Boston has a number. Christmas Day was a real disappointment because the Sixers should have won that game. Yeah, that's just kind of like Boston doing Boston-y defense things and, like, all the people in the garden supporting Gordon Hayward for loving Trump. You know, it's just like a complicated thing there. I would say, are you, okay, As a, let's say Ben Simmons makes more jumpers. Who is the team – that you are most afraid of as a Sixers baby to see in the, in the playoffs. Any team, they're not going to make. The, <laughs> they're not making the finals. I love my little Sixers. You, you know don't that. think they're making the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, I mean, okay, so they're going to have to face. You're going to have to get through two of Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston, or Indiana also, who is a scary team. Um, Indiana is not a scary team. I feel like I don't know anything about them, and I am afraid of what I do not know. I, let um, me a- ask me questions about Indiana, and I will I will uh, dissuade you from I will dissuade your fears. They are a third seed right now, twenty three and twelve. Is sure. that real? No, no. What do you think they will end as? Uh, fifth seed, fourth or fifth seed. Is Thad Young their third most important player? Yeah, probably. Maybe even their second most important player. Actually, I would say Sabonis is probably their second most important player. So Victor Sabonis. Thad, Miles Turner. I would put like McBuckets under there. Is Collison still playing? I feel like Miles Turner is why you should not be afraid of them because what are they like? He's just too much of a disappointment. If he was eighty percent of what we thought he was going to be, then I would say you should be concerned. But you know, Oladipo leading the charge into those other cities in the playoffs is not something I'm afraid of. It's this kind of hubris that lost us the Vietnam War, Peter. You look at the lineup, and you say, oh, okay, Victor Oladipo, Sabonis, Miles Turner, Thad Young. Okay. You know, America went into Vietnam thinking, like, oh, these people, they dig tunnels, and they and they shoot us with their ancient rifles. We'll be fine. Guess what? The Vietnamese people, Vietnamese people fucked us up. All right? Yeah. And <laughs> the Indiana Pacers are the Viet Cong in the NBA, and they're going to kill the Sixers. They have Aaron Holiday on their team. Is that another Holiday? Yeah, baby. There's 50 holidays. There's three holidays in the NBA currently. And then one more coming up? I think so. God. Like a fucking Jewish calendar. (laughs) I don't don't get that joke. I'm not Jewish. A lot of of holidays. Oh, baby. I love it. That's great. I wish I I I caught that and we got to laugh at it. Corey Joseph, some uh, Lee's Johnson's, Jimmy Butler-looking motherfucker. Um, I'm just not stressed about them. I'm not stressed about them. I don't know, man. I I wouldn't. They're gonna go guerrilla warfare, and and they're gonna take some team by surprise in the playoffs. I bet. So, you heard it here: the Indiana Viet Cong coming for you in the playoffs. Um, all right, you want to talk about Anthony Davis? Let's talk about Anthony I mean, Davis. That's not really one of. I wanted to talk about our 2019 re- New Year's resolutions for the NBA. Okay, well, let's start with yours. That's based around Anthony Davis. That's inspired by my resolution is. Uh, I want to stop paying attention to the NBA media, at least as much as I do. Except for this podcast. 
I mean, we're not really media. We don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> but neither do they. You come to us for uh, our shitty jokes about the Viet Cong, not for our <laughs> access to players and, and news. Um, although, if any players want to come on, at AirBudsPod uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at AirBudsPodcast on Gmail. Uh, hit us up. We'll have you on the podcast, and uh, you'll probably get in trouble <laughs> and have to issue an apology <laughs> at some point. Um, Sorry. But, uh, yeah, I, my 2019 resolution is I would like to stop paying attention to the NBA media. Uh, this is inspired by an article um, uh, posted by ESPN on Thursday, uh, last Thursday. Uh, the title was, I believe, the, M- the Anthony Davis trade is the biggest story in the NBA. Um, now, if you read, read that article by Zach Lowe, whom I like and appreciate, and even he kind of seems to be defensive about what he's doing in the article. Uh, he might be the only person in the NBA media who is self-aware in this regard of what you're talking about, and he has to address what you're also talking about. It is a yeah. very self-feeding uh, machine. He, he essentially gives 50 words up top about what kind of bullshit the article you're about to read is, and then spends 2,000 words talking about the impending Anthony Davis trade that New Orleans will have to do that is going to change the face of the NBA and the league as we know it, and everything is going to be different as soon as New Orleans is forced to trade the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, I challenge anyone to look at any of this coverage of this situation and find me one quote where the Pelicans said, we are going to trade Anthony Davis. Find me one quote where Anthony Davis did not say something like, I just want to win in New Orleans. Like, find me one quote on the record from anyone saying this trade is happening and I have credible, like, reason to believe it. Like, this is just a fully manufactured story by the media. And ESPN is not the only people doing it. Like, The Ringer and and Bleacher Report. Like, they're all participating in just kind of creating this story. And then I look at things like an ESPN reporter asked LeBron James – how he would feel about playing with Anthony Davis or any big-name free agent. And LeBron James answers it honestly and says, yeah, it would be great to play with Anthony Davis. He's a fantastic player. I hope someday I get a chance to play with him. And then ESPN takes that reportage and makes a story that's like, LeBron James is tampering. Like, no, bitch, you asked him a question, and he answered. Like, it's just this wild – the NBA media has become like a 25-8 – New cycle. Dog eating its own tail. And it's crazy. And to me, I look at that, I'm like, you're calling, you're saying LeBron is tampering because he's saying, I would like to play with a player. Like, but you're the one driving it. You're the one creating it and then reporting it and then blowing it up and then asking other teams, like, LeBron said he wants to play with a player. What do you think about that? It is like, weird that ESPN almost basically got all of the teams in trouble with the league office for yeah, tampering with Anthony Davis. The NBA basically had to issue a statement today saying, like, you know, warning teams about tampering, but like it's all because ESPN created the story and made its own news cycle about it. Like it's crazy to me. Like w- let's just let shit happen. And it's irresponsible reporting to like. And I know this is like the NBA, so like this is like we should really be complaining about like the New York Times, like <laughs> not like refusing to B- call Trump a liar when they're like Donald Truth. Like, yeah, Donald I would also Trump, put I would throw NBC like, News in there too. They're yeah. fucking brutal. Yeah, like there's so much worse reporting, but like shit. I care about the NBA a lot, so like I just hate NBA journalism right now. And I I, I I challenge anyone 
who is frustrated by this kind of like constant cycle of like non-information and like conjecture that is like presented as fact to call them out when you see it on Twitter, on their comment section, whatever. Just be like, hey, thanks for this 2000 word article about this Anthony Davis trade that you have no like any kind of inkling that is actually going to happen. I have a question. Let us know when you get real information. I have a question for you as a former journalist yourself. Yes. How much of this is fueled by what all of these reporters can't report? So I feel like as someone who – and I feel like I've probably asked you this question on the pod before, but I'm going to do it again. It seems like such an arbitrary line between what Brian Winhurst, Zach Lowe, Woj – like there's things that they know – that they just will not report, but they'll kind of hint at. Like, where where do they draw that line, and where do they learn how to draw that line in journalism school? And also, how much does that fuel some of this speculation, and why can't they just talk? Like, is, is it just because it's off the record? Because sometimes, like, Zach Lowe or Simmons will just say something like, well, you know, this is what I'm hearing. And it's like, what, I feel like, some of that has to fuel this Anthony Davis stuff because I agree with everything you're saying, but everyone's just playing the logical game of they are the third, second worst team in the West right now. They're going to offer him the Supermax, the Chris Paul Supermax, and he's going to probably say no. So it's going to lead to them either being like, we have to ship him for money because we're not going to let him walk. So here's the thing. That used to be conjecture like that, saying – Okay, logically, this might happen, and then this might happen, and then what might happen after that? Like, that was left for, like, columnists. Like, that was not a thing that reporters do. As far as I know, Zach Lowe is a reporter. Kevin whatever. uh, Arnowitz? No, um, O'Connor on The Ringer is a reporter. Like, they're supposed to be, like, presenting – at least that's the impression I get the way they present their articles is, like, they're they're reporters. They're not columnists. Bill Simmons is a columnist. That guy – can is he right? Ten thousand. Yeah, that's ex- that's literally what he is. He, you know, he has no real basis of facts and doesn't doesn't claim to. And he just throws Baywatch references into his pieces still somehow. Um, My wife. But like he, uh, like I don't know. I think there's this weird blending of columnist and reporter now that like we didn't have until. I don't know, the last five, ten years, obviously, the, the and maybe this is just grumpy old newspaper reporter me being like, it used to be different in my day, and we had rules, and you had to you had to honor your sources when they said, you know, this is only on background, not to be used, or whatever. Like, um, I don't know. They're, they're, I think Woj is kind of an old-school guy. He won't report something unless he has it confirmed with multiple sources, you know? But I think- there's more and more, like, this irresponsible reporting where it's just like, it's an admirable resolution to kind of rage against the machine, but you're still going to consume it all. Like, how are you going to, in 2019, put it aside? I don't know. You still get the Bleacher Report updates? I'm going to use Headspace. Nice. I'm going to meditate So, you're, so that's what we got to. Your 2019 resolution is actually just to start meditating. No, I'm not going to fucking do that. I can't meditate. <laughs> Because of the moment I like turn off music and like try to like be in my own head, it's just like you fucking suck. <laughs> You're terrible. You hate yourself, and I hate you too. That's my brain talking. Podcast got to put yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. Got to see what got to see what uh, Zach Lowe's speculating yeah. about with Simmons. <laughs> um, 
But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I can avoid it, especially because I'm a huge NBA fan, and I do an NBA podcast, so I need to keep up on the news. But maybe it's it's more not – more like registering my disgust with it rather than not paying attention to it. Because it's – it really is just bad. It's bad reporting, and it's just it, – and I feel for the writers because you know what it is? Ten years ago, 15 years ago, you used to be able to be a reporter and have a week to work on a story or have a month to do some kind of enterprise feature. Now these guys have to put out like a huge article every day. And podcasts. And podcasts. And video And hits. do all this shit. Like there's just so much pressure on them to churn out content that they're just like, well, I can't confirm any of these – things that I've been hearing or any of these things that I've been thinking, but I guess I'll just say that like, this isn't confirmed, but here's this, like, yeah. it's just, there's just like, there's just pressure on them to put shit out. So I kind of feel for them, but ultimately it sucks and it doesn't really add anything to, to the real NBA enjoyment experience. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see how you're doing on this in 2019. We'll check back in with you on Thank your, you. Your, yeah. your, your media blackout. Peter, what's your 2019 New Year's NBA resolution? I gotta love LeBron more, dude. More, more. Okay, he's probably the best we're ever gonna see, and he's in our city right now. And even though he's hurt, the team kicked the shit out of the Warriors. Caught more comics than we know are hopping on the bandwagon for the Lakers. Like, Look, who's hopping on the bandwagon? I am. Didn't uh, court, uh, friend of the pod Courtney Carwall just got a bronze jersey? That's two. Devin Costa already he is the bandwagon, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but now he, you know, has come to terms with the the Bron Bron of it all. I see him liking LeBron related tweets. Out yeah, there on Twitter. I, listen, we're here. It's time is time is fleeting. Like let's enjoy it. Maybe they make a, a playoff run, and if he gets to the finals somehow, some way this year. Um, it's going to be fun as hell. It's going to be fun as hell, and I feel like it would really propel his legacy to another level. Also, if he gets to the finals, he's not losing to an Eastern Conference team. There's no way. Right. So your resolution is life is short. We're all, we're all on the, the back nine of our life. Damn right. Try to see LeBron on the Lakers while, you, while you're still alive. Fuck yeah. 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 Love me some LeBron. I mean, you've already seen him. You went to a game recently, didn't you? Hell yeah. It was yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Kuzma. Kuzma's my fiance's favorite player. Do you think tickets are suddenly going to be cheap over the next three weeks for the Lakers? With LeBron out? Yeah. People are going to be selling. People, like, there's going to be all bad, kinds of dipshits who bought tickets. And not now a are bad gonna... idea to maybe go try to scalp some tickets last minute for yeah. some Lakers games. Yeah, I'd go Just see. hang by the StubHub Center, for, like, write a tip off and then run over. Maybe right. we should do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm going. I'm already going on New Year's Day to see uh, Sixers play the Clippers. Maybe I'll go back on, or I guess is that Saturday? Is that tomorrow yeah. that they're playing the, the Lakers? Yeah. Oh, I mean, is that last Saturday that they're playing Le- Lakers? It, back in time. Yeah, I love the decision you already in made. Time. <laughs> All right, um, Peter, we got some Twitter questions. Let's do them. We're um, let's let's wrap this puppy up. All right, A Face One at Air A Face One on uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's the homie. He's always hitting us up. Love you, love you, buddy. Uh, he wants to know, best punches thrown in an NBA game. Disregard Malice at the Palace since it's obviously the best. Okay. Uh, I think technically the best punch has to be Kermit Washington on Rudy Tomjanovich because it is the most technically successful punch that's probably ever existed in the NBA. I think so. Maybe even like in the sport of boxing. 
Like, you, if you don't know, uh, if you've ever seen Rudy Tomjanovich, uh, Hall of Fame coach with the Rockets, right? Yeah. Uh, Underappreciated. He's got a weird-looking face. You ever, if, if, if you got some younger listeners out there, if you ever want to know how that happened, Google Kermit Washington <laughs> and, uh, and Rudy Tomjanovich. He punched him so hard, he basically moved his, everything in his body off of his spine. Yeah. He restructured <laughs> his, his body, body and life. With one punch, Kermit Washington. Uh, and I kind of feel bad for Kermit Washington because, like, you don't mean to do that in a punch. No. It just escalated immediately. You can watch it and you see, like, you know, uh, I think there is a – there might be a 30 for 30 or some documentary about it. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich is trying to break up a fight. Uh, and He comes running uh, from across the court. And you can see in the video, Kermit Washington is just near the fight and – he sees, like, out of the corner of his eye, someone running up on him, and he just turns and swings, like, out of, like, self-defense. Like, And it just happened to be the perfect connection, in he, the worst way. Perfect being the worst. Yeah, no. You know, and I'm sure I'm sure they're friends, or I'm sure they've probably at least come to some kind of understanding, because Kermit Washington is still involved in basketball. Rudy is still involved in basketball. But, like, I, that's crazy. Just like, check that punch out, because it's shock. It's still shocking to see that punch. You're just like, oh, this is how people die from a punch. Yeah, you know, in like a movie when like there's like the big like weapon strike against the enemy, and you kind of see the electricity kind of go through the robot, like and covering like every limb, and then the robot shuts down. That's kind of what happened with Rudy. It was like you, you see can it. see the punch, like hit him in the face, and it's kind of a wave of shutdown goes through his body till like his legs become jello and he collapses on the floor. It's a knockout. It's fucking wild. Yeah. That's the best punch ever. Uh, A-Face also, also wants to know, best halftime act, chair guy, dub, or worst half- halftime act, the Russians with the plank. Peter? I um, feel like you got to throw in uh, uh lady who does the, the plate spinning. She's fantastic. Lady who does the plate spinning. You know, like does the, spins all the plates. I don't, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Or the bowls. It's bowls, right? Are you talking about, she like talking about Red uni- Panda? Yeah, Red the, Panda. Yeah, Red Panda. She on the unicycle? She's spinning plates, buddy. She's Who doing – she's taking she's – she's on a 10-foot unicycle. Right. But then there's another she's person take- who's plate spinning too. <laughs> there is another – but I mean – Plate spinner is fine. If you want to put your Red money Panda. on plate spinner, you go for it, buddy. No, Red Panda also, is, is the best. Listen, I want to say solid is solid goes. Also, quick change. You can't beat it. Quick change you can't beat. Um, there is uh, – I think – uh, Ape Face One is talking about in terms of chair guy, uh, the great Malenko, who's also fantastic. Uh, he's the guy that stacks the chair. He's the old ass guy that stacks the chair up. Yeah, like he's old as hell. Um, I am always just convinced he's going to fall at some point. Brutal. I mean, um, he's getting up there too. Yeah. I would say best halftime act I've seen this year um, in League Pass was when all of the Hasidic uh, little boys played with their Hasidic fathers, just like. A free for all full court game in halftime mm-hmm. of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, you know what the best halftime I saw this year was? An actual wrestling match uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. Dope. They had they had like a Mem- they had like a Memphis wrestling night and like the Jerry the King Lawler. Oh hell yeah, was there and uh, and the Grizzly got his fucking ass kicked with a chair. <laughs> like it was. They had they also throughout the entire night had a bunch of like in arena stuff like things that were like. You know, promos, wrestling promos and shit, or like skits. It was great. Also, shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies. We don't talk about them, but 
we talk about this off the pot all the time. Mike Connolly, really hope you make the All-Star team this year. Mike Connolly super is super underappreciated. One of the you most underappreciated point guards of all time. Um, shout out to them for their in arena entertainment all around too. They have, they yeah. have got the best overall in arena entertainment. Nope. Do you have a do you have no. a worst halftime act? Uh, the Cavs did a Christmas dance where it involved like someone dressed up as uh, Deadpool and then Santa Claus and Sir Cece, and it was this whole orchestrated like Christmas dance, and it was fucking awful. It was emblematic of everything the Cavs have done this year. So I would say that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead, and you know I've 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 been thinking about this recently for some reason because I just think about weird shit. And I get overly woke about things. Uh, I don't like old people dance crews anymore. What? Here's the thing. Mike. Okay. Let me hear me out. Okay. What's what's funny about it to you? Nothing. You know it's presented supposed to be like ironic and funny, right? I don't find it ironic at all. I find it jovial and encouraging to live your best self all the way through your twilight years. Okay, so if you want to look at it like in a pure angle like that, that's fine. Me, I'm a cynical person. <laughs> I see them presenting like, isn't it hilarious that we have all these old white ladies twerking to back that ass up? Or isn't it funny that like we taught these old white ladies like how to millie rock? Like there's this weird anachronistic thing where it's like this is inherently funny because uh, white people shouldn't like hip hop, or like, or I would, here's which kind I, of also underscores a, a, a minor point that's like hip hop is an art. Okay, and it's like on. a weird racist classist thing to uh, me. Well, if you look well, deep enough well, into well, it, well, you can find well, it. Whoa, 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 whoa! There are so many old black ladies and men in these dance crews too. In certain cities, in certain cities. So you can't not in, not in a lot of cities, right? You know, if you're doing like the like Watch Me Whip and Nene in Utah, I get it. You're right. But I'd say to characterize all of the old people dance crews into your cynical view, I feel like, is a bit much. Because sometimes they're just fun and really enjoyable. I agree with you. But I think if you were to if you were to go to Boston and see a majority white old lady and old man, like, you know, dancing to uh, Drake, and then you were to ask them afterward, do you like that music? They would probably be like, no, it's trash. All right, that's Which fair. means it's funny because I'm participating in something black that I shouldn't like, and that's why I think it's funny. <laughs> you are... Uh, I'm overly you, woke. You are overly woke, Mike. Yeah. No one's doubting it. Yeah. Also, get me an old person like breakdancing crew. Maybe I'd enjoy it more. <laughs> Maybe you should get in on it. Maybe, you know, if you experience it and go through, like, the rehearsals and meet everyone, you might have a different perspective. Bro, I got, like, five more years before I'm eligible. <laughs> Uh, at Trill Clinton, T R I L L K L I N T O N, another another homie. Shout out Trill. Uh, wants to know: Will Buddy Heald admitting he gets half off at Golden Corral pave the way for other lying ass players to be honest about their ages? Should the NBA find him? I don't think the NBA should find him. I don't understand the Golden Corral thing. Does Buddy Heald get half off at Golden Corral because he's he, twenty six? Because he's twenty six. I don't understand that. Also, he's uh, having a great year. He's having a fantastic year. I actually don't even want to get into this because I feel like we should show the the Kings some respect because they're fun as hell to watch this year. Probably a top seed right now. Probably a top five league pass team. Very fun. Buddy Heald's having great. You know, he's a kind of a late bloomer, I guess. At 26, he's finally starting to kind of be the guy that everyone thought he or dreamt he would be. Uh, I don't think he lied about his age. If you look into it, like FIBA had his age right. His college had his age right. Someone in the NBA fucked up. 
because uh, other people had it. And whether it was a media thing or whether it was him lying or – Also, it's not like he was off typo. by four years. He was off by one year. One year. Who yeah. fucking cares? Yeah. It's not like a baseball player who, like, just act – who, like, pretended like they were 22 and they were actually 29. Or that that little league kid who was, like, 17. Oh, when Danny Almonte. Danny Almonte. Shout out, Danny. Come on the pod. At Airboats Pod. We want to have you on. Uh, Troll Clinton also wants to know, what are some Christmas traditions you have regarding the NBA? We've already kind of referenced this a couple yeah. times. But uh, we like to get together, me and Peter and, and anyone else that's in town, um, just kind of uh, eat some food and, and, and watch every basketball game that's right. that is on. We also smoke and we drink and we reflect and we yeah. still watch basketball. And we talk shit, yeah. Had some people come through. Uh, this year we had a friend of the podcast, uh, Edgar Mopaslayer, and uh, – I said Edgar Mulpaslayer, which Edgar you should use as <laughs> as a name. And uh, actually, his part his podcast partner, Jaquise Neal, on Culture Kings. Check out Culture Kings podcast. Check it out. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we had a bunch of people come through. It's fun. It's a good time. Is that it? It's a pretty good pod. I feel like. Yeah, you know, I ranted for twenty minutes about yeah. the state of journalism. It was good. Showed my age. Yeah, Mike. Happy Basketball New Year to you. Happy Basketball New Year to you, Peter. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, let's see. Uh, we got shows coming up in January. I'll be uh, – I got mixtape at the Virgil on the 11th. I'll be at Harlow in West Hollywood on the 13th. I've got some other shows. I'll, I'll, I'll plug as we go. Um, might be going to Texas. I don't think I'm going to go to Texas. What for? For some, for some comedy. Yeah, go to Texas I for know, comedy. Why maybe, not? Maybe. Oh, we'll see. What's stopping you? The money. Oh, time, priorities, you know, but, you know, so, uh, but I know I want to plug this podcast, guys. Check out the Patreon. Throw us a couple shekels. We're building something fun here, guys. It's a grassroots effort. We're going to start having guests on that you're going to like. Yeah, in the new year, we do have some uh, some pretty good uh, guests coming up. We're excited for that to happen. Uh but uh, until then, follow us at Airbuds Pod on Twitter, at Airbuds Pod on Instagram, uh, Airbuds Podcast at gmail.com. Send us anything you want. We've been getting some fun emails. Uh, nothing we can really talk about. Nope. Dick um, picks only, guys. But, uh, but yeah, uh, hit us up. Uh, we want to interact with you, our friends and fans. Happy basketball, you I hate saying we have fans. No. Nobody, friends. Nobody likes me in real life. How, do, how can I have a fan? That's your Love you, bye. Later. Later.